it's Friday night. And you're tuned to Three Valleys Radio. And it's time for the racing show. We've got the trainers. We've got the jockeys. And we have a look at the 2,000 and the 1,000 guineas. So sit back, get your pen and papers ready, and let's hope we can give you some winners for tomorrow's racing. We'll kick off with Mike Padden and all the racing news from the racing media. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Racing News. With all the news, it is the news from the racing media. That includes Racing TV, the Racing Post and the Sporting Life. I'm Mike Padden. Welcome to this week's edition. And here's our first story. Charlie Appleby was not forced to choose between blue and white to put his faith in one of his horses over the other and face the bitter frustration of being on the wrong one in the 2000 guineas. All Appleby had to do was to deliver his horses to the first classic of the season in perfect shape. And as the Godolphin second string, Kareba swept through to lead in the white cap with stablemate and favourite native trail chasing him hard in the all blue, the trainer could prepare himself for certain victory. Such a scenario had been expected for Appleby's horses, sent off first and second favourite ahead of Coolmore's Luxembourg, and while jockeys William Buick and James Doyle were left to choose who would ride which horse, the trainer floated into the race on a wave of positivity and optimism. He said, I couldn't have fought it either of these horses all the way through. Native Trail came here and won the Craven, and Carabas worked up here during the same meeting. After all that work, William said to me, Gosh, Charlie, if we didn't have Native Trail, I couldn't be more excited about this horse. William couldn't get off Native Trail after everything they've done, but coming here, I felt we had two lovely chances. Appleby has had such chances before, running the likes of Maysar, Pinatubo and Master of the Seas in the 2000 Guineas. All were beaten and Godolphin had failed to win the Classic with one of its in-house trainers since 1999, when Island San scored for Saeed bin Surur. This time there will be no mistake, no playing second fiddle, all looking on as Coolmore, Godolphin's long-term adversary and fellow superpower, sailed off with the stallion-making race yet again. And this time it was James Doyle who was able to celebrate the first British classic success after playing the minor role to first jockey Buick for so long. Absolutely it's a relief, Appleby said. We were third with Pinatubo, second with Master of the Seas, so we were getting close, and we hoped our time was coming. I said to James, hold him, hold him, hold him, and then press the button. He's just got an electric turn of foot. I'm delighted for James, and for him to have his first classic for us is special. James is a great team member, and he's got to sit there as William gets the top rides. He never quivers, he never shies, he's just a true sportsman. 
He really does deserve that in spades. What I love about the guy is that he sits there while William picks the rides, and while they're lovely second rides to be getting, he's got the character to then go out there and give everything he has on these horses. Appleby also paid tribute to the wider team at his Morton Paddock's yard, and to Sheikh Mohammed, notably absent from the Roly Mile, even as his champion trainer continued to propel Godolphin forward in a way it has barely done since the halcyon days of the early 21st century. I'm delighted for His Highness Sheikh Mohammed and the team Godolphin, Appleby said. I don't want to stand here and say I'm too cool for school, but it really is a team effort with everyone at home. I'm just the one who gets to do the interviews and is given the opportunity to train these horses. I'd say we'll go straight to the St James's Palace with a Karei bus and we'll go to the Karar for the Irish 2000 guineas with Native Trail where he's done well before. While Appleby is aiming for the top mile races, the Kazoo Derby is where Luxembourg and Aidan are set to head after finishing third and fourth. Aidan's trainer Roger Varian plans to speak with owner Prince Faisal before next steps are decided. He said Aidan has run a massive race as that was only his second race on turf and the three in front of him were previous group winners. He's in two derbies and we may go up in trip with him, but whether it's up to a mile and a half, we'll see. We'll let Prince Faisal digest the result before we make a decision. And our next story, here on the Racing News. James Doyle became just the fifth jockey of the modern era to land both new market classics in the same year, when making all on cachet to give George Bowie an incredible first Group 1 win at the Kipco 1000 Guineas. Just 24 hours after laying a few ghosts to rest in the 2,000 guineas when steering Corabus home for his employer's Godolphin, Doyle returns to the Roly Mile to bag the Phillies equivalent for the first time on the Iron Horse Cachet. Remarkably, the daughter of Acclaim had given Bowie a first group win in Britain in the Nelgwyn Stakes only 19 days before and did things the hard way by making all from stall three to hold the late thrust of her old rival Prosperous Voyage by a neck with Aidan O'Brien's second string Tuesday back in third. Never has a 16-1 to winner been so lauded from the stands and also later in the winner's enclosure with the victorious 20-strong Highclere Thoroughbred Wildflower Syndicate in raptures after a coveted first British classic win in their colours. Doyle joins an industrious list of riders including George Moore from 1967, Lester Piggott in 1970, Kieran Fallon in 2005 and Ryan Moore in 2015 to ride winners of both races in the same year. Doyle said, It's incredible. I'm not as emotional today after getting yesterday right and that was very enjoyable. I knew this filly from last year having ridden her to be third in the filly's mile and George felt she had got stronger over the winter. She was an iron horse last year and looked a pitcher in the paddock. She just loves this track. She's run here many times before and just eyes up the dip and flies through it as if it's not there. We were praying for the line, but thankfully it did come in time. Fair play to George and all the team at Saffron House, as it's an incredible achievement. Yesterday was pretty incredible, but I was pretty hopeful coming here today, as she had such great track knowledge and I kept it simple. I'll have some sort of celebration tonight, but I'm at Windsor tomorrow, so we'll keep a lid on it for now.
Members of the winning syndicate, who had come from as far away as Texas, were in raptures, while syndicate organiser Harry Herbert was among those almost moved to tears. He said, "It's a dream, the ultimate dream. I've dreamt of those blue silks winning a British classic. We did it in the Irish Oaks with Petrushka and the Royal Ascot Racing Club with Motivator in the Derby, but to win the thousand guineas is incredible. I can't take it on board." He continued. She did it the hard way and is so tough. Jake Warren bought her up at the Breeze Up Sales a year ago for sixty thousand guineas, and now she's won a classic. This shows that syndicates can do this, and to win it for twenty lovely people. This here in the blue silks, it's off the scale. Cachet will now head to Highclere's own stomping ground of Royal Ascot for the Group One Coronation Stakes in June. Where she may encounter her old rival in Spiral, who was ruled out of the classic a week earlier. Of his relationship with Bowie, Herbert added, "In my days with Al Shakab, when George was assistant to Hugo Palmer, I was so impressed with him, but I couldn't go with him in his first year as the owners didn't know who he was. In the end, I went second year, and one of the first ones was this filly, and she's now won a classic, and that's just his third year as a trainer. It's incredible." He's a terrific talent and a lovely, lovely person. After the race, the stewards handed Doyle a two-day ban for using his whip above the permitted level. Ralph Beckett, trainer of runner-up Prosper's Voyage, said, "I think it was a good effort, and everything went to plan through the race, and we were always going to ride her positively. We just ran out of road, but that's life. It was a terrific effort, and she will probably go a mile and a quarter now." She's in the pre-Sanalari, and that might be an option. I never felt she would get further than ten furlongs, but we'll see. Aidan O'Brien finished third in Saturday's two thousand guineas with Luxembourg, and Tuesday filled the same position for the trainer who had won five of the last six runnings of the thousand guineas prior to Cachet's success. Tuesday ran very well, and we're delighted. O'Brien said, "She will go further, obviously, so it was a good run from her." Frankie Dettori was happy enough, and the ground was quick. But we know she'll stay further, and he was happy with the run. She has made great progress in the last couple of weeks, and that is testament to her character. And I couldn't be more happier with that. It is possible she'll go to the Oaks, but she could go to an Irish Thousand Guineas on the way. On last season's Cheverly Park winner Tenebrism, who was sent off favourite but finished eighth, he added. Ryan Moore said it was a little bit rough early for her, and that might have taken its toll on her. But we'll get her home and see. There is always a chance that the trip might have been too far, but we'll get back and see. But we thought she would get the mile. Looking at that, you would have to think about if she did get that trip. There's still plenty of big days for her, though. Ah, this has been this week's racing news. With all the news, there is the news from the racing media, including Racing TV, the Racing Post, and the Sporting Life. Thanks for joining us, and join us again next time. I'm Mike Padden. Have a lovely week. That was Mike Padden with all the news from the media. Now it's time to see where we can go racing tomorrow. So we can start at Nottingham. Seven races on the flat uh, with a one o'clock start. Uh, Haydock, eight races of mixed races actually this time, which is unusual, but it's a one twenty start at Haydock. Seven races on the flat at Lingfield, one thirty start. Seven races on the flat at Ascot, one forty five start. 
seven races over the jumps at Hexham, 155 start. Seven races over the jumps at Warwick, 510 start. And seven races on the flat at Thursk uh, with a 530 start. And then we go to Sunday, where there are eight races over the jumps at Plumpton with a 140 start. Seven races over the jumps at Ludlow with a 205 start. One race on the flat at Leopardstown with a 335 start. And seven races on the flat at Hamilton with a 350 start. There's one thing about racing, though. There's always a story. And after a fantastic meeting at Newmarket, we've just seen the 1,000 and the 2,000 guineas and amazing uh, stuff from uh, James Doyle. Two wins for him. Absolutely fantastic. And obviously, Godolphin uh, certainly got in the, the big race and a, a 1-2 in the 2,000 guineas. And, of course, George Bowie with a, with a, a great uh, victory in the 1,000 guineas with Cachet. But I thought, well, it would be nice to just relive those now, a week on. And uh, so courtesy of uh, YouTube and MJF Sports, just have a listen to the commentary of these two races and the interviews afterwards. Straight mile. Lucille almost getting out underneath the stalls there, and they're off and racing. Lucille wasn't standing well and was not caught in a great line. Royal Patronage does lead and does head up the centre. Pursued by Berkshire Shadow and also Boundless Ocean in that far side group with perfect power. Caribus and at the back of it, the Wizard of Eye. Slight breakaway group, however, is emerging on the stand side with Point Lonsdale leading Dubawi Legend at Eden. On the extreme right is Native Trail. Closest to us, the All Blue ahead of Check and Challenge. Behind these light infantry, Lucille after that slow start. Luxembourg quite well back in that group so Royal Patronage it is who leads the Guineas by about a length and a half from on the far side Berkshire Shadow, Boundless Ocean and Perfect Power in the yellow. Point Lonsdale's white face leads the near side group with Dubawi Legend, uh, then Native Trail tracking those with Eden quite well placed. Caribus is over in that far side group in midfield just ahead of Luxembourg who's just being pushed along so still Royal Patronage holds sway, Point Lonsdale in second then in third Berkshire Shadow with Boundless Ocean, Eden improves, Dubawi legend now native trail begins to improve on the right hand side Caribas still sitting quietly is Frankie Dottori Point Lonsdale now putting it to Royal Patronage perfect power trying to secure a path is held on the heels of Berkshire Shadow now native trail finds full stride Caribas on the other flank as the Godolphin pair both improving unison Royal Patronage taken on by native trail Caribas over on the far side Point Lonsdale runs out of room Caribas goes to the front in the guineas Luxembourg on the native trail who couldn't gather him in and Luxembourg runs third a race that sets up some great clashes as we move through the season because the three big guns came clear of Eden who ran really well in fourth so did Berkshire Shadow uh, Lucille next perfect power he was a bit short of room and caught on the heels of one of the stragglers but he didn't pick up well enough they improved on either flank the Godolphin challenge a first guineas for James Doyle a first for Charlie Appleby it has been a blue season on the Roly Mile, but Caribus is the biggest prize so far. 
And Charlie Appleby receiving congratulations from everyone here in the winner's enclosure. A one to your first Kibco 2000 guineas. Sum it up for us. I oh, look delighted. Delighted for the whole team. Most importantly, delighted for His Highness Sheikh Mohammed and uh, Team Godolphin. But um, also, look, he's a home raiser to Bali. You know, I'm not saying I'm a spoiled, but... I like to think I know the Dabawis by now. We've had enough of them through our hands, and uh, he's shown us all the right signs. And, that, and it was always going to be a hard call for William to get off Native Trail, um, to get on him. And, uh, but also for James, you know, he's an integral part of the team now. And for him to have his first English Classic winner is, is fantastic. And uh, for us to provide it, it's even more special. Were you happy with how everything unfolded in the race? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't think William will have any excuses. I mean, he was just potentially beaten by a better horse. I mean... I, I can see James is travelling for fun, and that's what this horse does. You know, he just they can't go quick enough for him. Um, you know, he's a he's a seven final horse that potentially could get a bit further than a mile in time, I think. But um, you know, um, he's a just delighted for the whole team. But I say most importantly for His Highness supporting me and the team, it's been great. And you have two incredibly talented three-year-olds. They've they've both trained on. We saw that with Native Trail in the Craven, and that was exceptional from Caribbean. Yeah, no, exactly. I and mean, you can't take anything away from Native Trail, but he's gone down as, as always you know on, on his sword and uh, but Caribus was a horse that you know I say one horse had been there and done it and one had the scope to potentially go and do it and, and um, I say Jason uh, rides him at home and Gary and the boys all look after him he's um, yeah, so delighted for everybody. This is an awful question in the immediate aftermath but will we see the rematch against the two or will you be mindful to sort of keep them apart as the season develops? I think we'd potentially try and keep them apart to be brutal honest with you yes um, you know, it'd be a shame for them to keep butting heads with one another and you know, on the evidence of what we've seen today they are the best two three-year-old colts around to date and, and so therefore you know, after hopefully discussions and nice healthy discussions over the next few weeks we'll probably say that one could go to Ireland and one will just would keep the powder dry and go straight to St James's Palace um, It's another win to what is a, an extraordinary CV Charlie, congratulations You're very kind, thanks Ollie Thanks guys Beautiful shots out front, William Buick and James Doyle coming back together. Remember, this is Team Godolphin and William Buick showing what a team man he is. James Doyle is here. He's getting his congratulations. James, you've just won Charlie Appleby his first 2,000 guineas. It's incredible that he hasn't won this race before the way things are going, isn't it? But oh, super proud of Charlie. Um, for once, I have to say, I'm actually emotional about riding a, a big winner today. This race has been something that's always annoyed me. Looking at replays over and over again of Kingman's guineas, Barney Roy's guineas. And then it goes so simple the way it has today. Um, full credit to Charlie. He's, he's just he's an incredible man. But he's an incredible man to learn from and to work for. It's just honestly a privilege to work for him. His Highness Sheikh Mohammed, I'm just very proud to have ridden him the 2000 Guineas winner. It's just, it's, it's amazing to be part of what's happening at the minute. It really is. I mean, this is terrific to see such emotion in you in one way, James. Um, just tell me about the race. You seem to just absolutely cruise through it. Well, my main... My main thing speaking to William, he said, look, he has been very relaxed in his work, but first run of the year, you, you always have to watch. Watch they don't want to do too much early. And from that draw, my only worry was getting left without any cover. But after going half a furlong, I was pretty happy. Thank you, guys. I was pretty happy. Uh, he, he still slightly travelled a bit stronger than, than ideal. You know, I, I had to fetch him back off heels a couple of times, but he just warmed into the race so easily. 
I could afford it to have sat a bit longer, but I felt it must have been Ryan, I think. I could, something came quick on my outside, and I kind of had to go for him then. Uh, if that didn't come, I would have sat, it would have been much more impressive. But, look, he's a... You know, we were going a little bit on, on what we saw back end at Newmarket here. But a lot of that is, you, you know, you're banking on the potential that he showed that day. But, by God, he's got potential, all right. It was incredible. I have to say, uh, the turn of foot he showed there was incredible. And, and James... A lot of people will know your story. Some on ITV, the main channel, won't. So I'll bore you with the bit about you were starting off, finding it hard, possibly becoming a plumber, although that's been slightly exaggerated. And then you've had some of the biggest jobs in the business, Prince Khaled and Allah. But is, is part of your joy now, because you are second jockey, effectively, to Charlie Appleby, and winning the 2,000 guineas, therefore, is not definitely going to happen? Well... I guess, you know, it, to, be, to be part of Charlie and Sheikh Mohammed's team is just incredible. And thank you, everyone. Thank you. But I remember after Adyar winning the derby, I spoke to Charlie and I was just like, am I ever going to get one of these right? And he said, listen, we're, we're getting it right now. And he said, there's every chance it'll happen next year. We're, we're just starting to get the hang of this game. So he was dead right once again. Final question. It's slightly mixed. What did William Buick say to you? And will this horse stay further? He's got an incredible turn of foot. Whether he wants to go further is completely up to the team. You know, we can just ride these horses. I'm not a genius at race planning at all, so we'll leave that job to Charlie and his team when they do so well. William came up to you and just said you deserve that one. He could see I was a little bit emotional and, like, you know, we're the best of friends and it's tough out there. You know, you're competing against each other day in, day out, and we sit next to each other. But it's been that way for about 15 years, so... It's just great. It's great. Thank you. Wow. And you sense the words there, really good words from James Doyle, that Kingman's defeat really haunted him when Knight of Thunder came and grabbed him on the line across the track. And wasn't it good to see? Beautiful shots out front, William Buick and James Doyle coming back together. Remember, this is Team Godolphin and William Buick showing what a team man he is. James Doyle is here. He's getting his congratulations. James, you've just won Charlie Appleby his first 2,000 guineas. It's incredible that he hasn't won this race before the way things are going, isn't it? But oh, super proud of Charlie. Um, for once, I have to say, I'm actually emotional about riding a, a big winner today. This race has been something that's always annoyed me. Looking at replays over and over again of Kingman's guineas, Barney Roy's guineas. And then it goes so simple the way it has today. Um, full credit to Charlie. He's, he's just he's an incredible man. But he's an incredible man to learn from and to work for. It's just honestly a privilege to work for him. His Highness Sheikh Mohammed, I'm just very proud to have ridden him the 2000 Guineas winner. It's just it's, it's amazing to be part of what's happening at the minute. It really is. I mean, this is terrific to see such emotion in you in one way, James. Um, just tell me about the race. You seem to just absolutely cruise through it. Well, my main, my main thing, speaking to William, he said look, he has been very relaxed in his work, but first run of the year, you, you always have to watch. Watch they don't want to do too much early. And from that draw, my only worry was getting left without any cover. But after going half a furlong, I was pretty happy. Thank you, guys. I was pretty happy. Uh, he, he still slightly travelled a bit stronger than 
than ideal, you know. I had to fetch him back off heels a couple of times, but he just warmed into the race so easily. I could afford it to have sat a bit longer, but I felt it must have been Ryan, I think. I could, something came quick on my outside, and I kind of had to go for him then. Uh, if that didn't come, I would have sat, he'd have been much more impressive, but look, he's a... Uh, you know, we were going a little bit on, on what we saw back end at Newmarket here. But a lot of that is, you, you know, you're banking on the potential that he showed that day, but, by God, he's got potential, all right. It was incredible. I have to say, uh, the turn of foot he showed there was incredible. And, and, James, a lot of people will know your story. Some on ITV, the main channel, won't. So I'll bore you with the bit about you were starting off, finding it hard, possibly becoming a plumber, although that's been slightly exaggerated. And then you've had some of the biggest jobs in the business, Prince Khaled Adullah. But is, is part of your joy now, because you are second jockey, effectively, to Charlie Appleby, and winning the 2,000 guineas, therefore, is not definitely going to happen? Well, I guess, you know, it, to, be, to be part of Charlie and Sheikh Mohammed's team is just incredible. And thank you, everyone. Thank you. But I remember after Adia winning the derby, I spoke to Charlie and I was just like, am I ever going to get one of these right? And he said, listen, we're, we're getting it right now. And he said, there's every chance it'll happen next year. We're, we're just starting to get the hang of this game. So he was dead right once again. Final question. It's slightly mixed. What did William Buick say to you? And will this horse stay further? He, he's got an incredible turn of foot. Whether he wants to go further is completely up to the team. I, I, you know, we can just ride these horses. Um, I'm not a genius at race planning at all, so we'll leave that job to Charlie and his team when they do so well. At. William came up to you and just said you deserve that one. He could see I was a little bit emotional, and like he, you know, we're, we're the best of friends, and uh, it, it's tough out there. You know, you're competing against each other day in, day out, and we sit next to each other. But it's been that way for about 15 years, so it's just great. It's great. Thank you. That was James Doyle, take one. And now, here's James Doyle, take two, as he wins the 1,000 guineas. They're off and racing. Cachet is the first one to show. And leads early over on the far side, while Beauty's just kept away from them. And the 1,000 guineas field, headed by Cachet through the first furlong. Discovery's racing in second. Over on the far side is Flash Betty, who's quite keen. While Beauty's the only one racing away from the others at the moment. Tuesday's settled in about fifth or sixth place. The all-blue colours ahead of Hello You. And over on the far side is Junction. That's the grey horse. Tenebrism's towards the far side as well through the first two furlongs. Malavath in the red colours. Uh, then Sandrine held up at the back and alongside Amena. So racing through the first quarter mile. And out in the lead in is Cachet. And the pace a generous one. From in second, Discovery's in the cross belts. Far side Tuesday in the dark blue. Pushed along Flash Betty already feeling the pinch with Hello You, Tenebrism getting a little closer over on the far side. Zelly just being pushed along as Sandrine and Wild Beauty try to improve. Then Amena, the back marker at the moment, is Juncture. It's Cachet who leads the Guineas field from Hello You. Over on the far side is Tuesday, Tenebrism working into it. On the right-hand side, Discoveries is still right there as well in company with Prosperous Voyage. It's Cachet who still leads the Guineas field inside the two. Discoveries then behind these, Tenebrism and Tuesday, Sandrine on the near side, Silly trying to get involved. It's Cachet who leads with a furlong to go. Prosperous Voyage on the near side, Tuesday on the far side, Cachet trying to hang tough, still has the advantage on the run up towards the line. Cachet by a leg from Prosperous Voyage, Cachet all out, will just last home and complete the guineas double for James Doyle. And what a day for George Murray and Highclere. Cachet made every single yard to see off.
prosperous voyage in Tuesday and win the second classic of the season. Only about a neck or so of the line as Prosperous Voyage tried to close. They pulled away from Tuesday. Precious few got involved, to be honest. It'll be a bow of the heads between Zelly and Sandrine for fourth and fifth. Amena made late ground. But Cachet has made every single yard and crucially has seen out the trip. A first classic for George Bowie, a second for James Doyle, 24 hours after his first. And Highclere can celebrate as Cachet won the one. 1,000 guineas. And look at these celebrations here in Newmarket. George Bowie giving John Warren a hug. Harry Herbert. Tears Jake Warren, the latest to get a hug from the classic winning trainer, George Bowie. In what? Only your second, third season training. That is summer. George, sum it up for us. Yeah, it's a um, very special day. Um, a lot of people to thank for getting here, but I think most notably the filly. She's she's been a superstar since she walked in the yard, and um, it was always going to be the question that long final furlong. But um, no, look, what a star! And Peach arrived from James, who, as I said to you before, gave a very clear free reign. And, She's held on. How nervous was that final furlong, given the question marks about her stamina? It was a long way. Um, but no, look, I, I was always confident she's, you know, she's by acclaim, who kept improving, and Alvatia Filo Mare, who so was the Guineas winner yesterday. And um, no, look, she's a, she's a superstar and delighted. So please, you let me just go and grab a, grab a word with Harry Herbert. <laughs> I'm sorry, I've just seen you wiping tears away, so please forgive me for interviewing you in this moment, but just clearly that is so, so special for you all. Yeah, it's kind of hard to speak, this is the ambition, you know? We won a classic with Petrushka, first sitting at company to win an you know, a classic, once you won the Irish Oaks, but those blue silks, it's been my total ambition. And a lovely group of people. Sorry, I... no, no, don't. But you know what? I'll let you go. That sums up perfectly what it means to win a British Classic. Well done, Harry. Thanks. Well done. Oh, sorry, don't worry. Don't apologise. for words, but I am on this side. Never apologise. Well done. Thanks, mate. Thank you. What a celebration for the syndicate. The High Clear team are here in force, and this is so big for the Warren family. Jake Warren brought this horse. And she has been a superstar, taking them round the world and now to classic glory. And the family are all here, his kids, the grandchildren for John and Carolyn Warren, Zaley, India and Coco are here. But for James Doyle, after all that heartache and disappointment that he talked about, he's now pulled off the 2,000 and 1,000 guineas double mat. Thank you, guys. Yeah, I think it's fair to say James isn't thinking about Barney Roy or Kingman today. Yeah, I promise I won't get emotional today. Um, well, that's incredible, isn't it? I mean, I rode her a couple of times last year and she was group one place in the, in the Phillies Mile and she, we were talking about it beforehand, myself and George, and she, she seems to be much stronger this year, although that, that last half of Furlong took forever. I was praying for the line, but she's all guts. She loves this track. She really puts the, bed, the, the race to bed sort of between the three and the two and you're clinging on late on, but I mean, oh. Yeah, special thank you to George as well. I mean, obviously a young, growing team, but he's doing amazing things. And yeah, I think he's going to be a name we're going to be hearing a lot about in the in the future. That's for sure. Antonia's just down here. She looks after this horse on a daily basis. What's she like? Oh, she's just the kindest horse. She's got the biggest heart. Oh, I just had to stop for a second because it's just just amazing to look after a horse like this. It's what you wake up every day to do.
Congratulations to all of you. Well done, James. I think, Ed, that's what everyone's got for James Doyle. A big heart. Absolutely. After that long wait, two classics in two days. Ashe wins the Kipco 1000 guineas, doing what Speciosa did last in 2006, doing the Nell Gwyn guineas double. Well, many congratulations to James Doyle there. Two classics in two days. What a weekend for him. And our thanks to MGF Sports and YouTube for their cooperation in being able to run that audio. Time to catch up with Colin Brown now up at Lambeau. Well, good morning, Colin. A um, bit cloudy down here in Somerset this morning uh, as we look at the flat racing season as it moves on. And we've just had the guineas. What did you make of the guineas? Uh, well, first of all, you want to move up to a little bit better climate, really, than hanging around down the West Country in the clouds because I'm up here in the sunshine. Oh. Um, anyhow. Answered your question, the Guineas. The Guineas was an exciting race, wasn't it? It really was a good race. And I don't think they were expecting Native Trial to be beaten, I'll be perfectly honest. Um, you know, he was very strong in the market. Um, but, you know, he was beaten fair and square. Well, it was fair and square, but he was beaten by a stable companion who mm. is a very, very um, good, good horse, you know. Did and, you ever have that, any situations when you were riding when you picked the wrong one, when you had two to choose? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I did. It's annoying. But what you do, you, you know, it is what it is. You've got to just get on with it, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, it is. It, I mean, it happens more and more nowadays. Look at Ryan Moore. He has the pick of the rides for um, Aidan O'Brien. Yeah. And it goes to the, goes to the wire. He's seen their last piece of work, even if he hadn't ridden them. He's watched all the races. He's had all the opinions of all the experts. And then at the end of the day, unless they particularly want him on one, he sort of chooses which one he thinks is the best ride. But it's not easy. Yeah, no, I've been in that situation plenty of times. Mm. Um, and sometimes I've come out winning. Sometimes I've come out, you know, getting off the winner. That's life at the bottom, really. But mm. no, the, the Guineas was a great race. Funnily enough, the, the one horse that I, when we did the... Um, the, the show last week and also the, you know, looking to, forward to the weekend on Friday evening. I put up four horses against the field. Check and challenge, finished 14th and 15th. But the other three, Caribus, Native Trial and Luxembourg, were all first, second and third. Not very good price. Well, not bad price, I suppose. Mm. Um, if I'd bothered to have done a combination tricast. Yeah. Um, you know, those sort of bets sometimes in these big races... Just pay a bit of a bit, bit of um, you know a bit of money, and funnily enough, the combination tricast paid thirty-one quid, so it paid like thirty to one, and the exacta five to one to beat an odds-on shot almost paid twenty-five quid. They're great bets to play around with; they really are. Mm. But anyhow, no, that was uh, that was Caribus, James Doyle, um, and jo James Doyle amazingly completed. A one thousand and two guineas and two thousand guineas double, because he went on on the Sunday, eighty to win on the horse uh, that I did actually tip up to your listeners as a little each way bet called Cachet, mm. and that got up to win a neck for George Bowie the next day. So yeah, I mean a really, really well weekend for him. Mm. Prize money wise, five hundred grand. You'll get about ten percent of the lot. Plus you'll get a share in the. In, in the stud fee for the other one. Yeah. So, I mean, not a, bad, not a bad weekend for a man who was about to give up his racing career because he could hardly do the weight and get a ride about 10 years ago and he was going to become a plumber. 
So well done to James. Well done to James. He's a good lad and he's a he's a blooming good rider and uh, you know a very nice person as well. That's what it's all about in this game. Mm. A lot of them, you know, a lot of trainers, jockeys, owners, they get a little bit too big for their boots. If you don't mind me saying, and you know. We're all human beings, and you might have known them sort of five, six years ago. They'd always speak. Nowadays, they can sort of barely speak. So, um, not many of them, I must say, but um, the odd one, let's say. And yeah, we've got some great racing coming up, listeners. We really have, in fact, as as early as this weekend uh, on Saturday, is some great cards there at Ascot on Saturday. It's one of the sort of trials days, if you like, and um, and also uh, we got some good mixed racing up there at um at um haydock so there's a couple of horses there just to take a mention but um now on saturday on saturday at Asker, there's some real good racing um there's a builder called um john Carey. i used to ride for him and they always sponsor a race at Asker. it's the Carey group buckhouse states a listed race it's a race they have a mile and four but quite often you'll get a nice three-year-old come through there or four-year-old that looks like it could go on to do something at Royal Ascot. That's the that's the great thing about um, this 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 race, if you like. Mm. Um, yeah, and uh, there's one or two horses in this race. In fact, there's one horse in this race I think that could run um, very well, and it's called Something Enticing. Uh, but uh, Andrew Boardingham, mean, he's got so many horses over at his place; it's just unbelievable. But I think the horse is well worth following in the race. That's only a four-year-old that ran quite well the other day at Newry and was third. But it looked to me like it really needed the race. It's a horse called Stole, and it's um, trained by Gosdens, and it's owned by Nat Rothschild. Well, Lady Rothschild sadly died a while ago, but she has a big estate over near Marlborough and Wiltshire. And uh, great supporters are racing, you know, extremely uh, wealthy people that have bred some great horses in their day. But this one's had a pretty easy career so far but i think it's one to um take out and and follow for the for the flat season if you like do you think um, it was but, um it was bred at stole because that's where bob mccreary used to operate from which is not that far from here um yeah that's a good point let me i mean called um, stole it's, it sounds like it's too much of a coincidence s-t-o-w-e-l-l yeah that's right it's near temple coombe yeah, I know. Was Bob McCreary, was he Carwell Equities now? As I know he died, but... Um, I don't know. I wouldn't his... know that, but no. I, I know no. he, he had a place over there at, at Stoll yeah. and, uh, you know, used to breed horses there for certain because he, he knew a guy that I, I worked for once for a long time ago now called Dick, um, Dick Falston, who had a, a Brittenhouse stud, which is, again, near near to us. So I think it's probably the same, the same organisation somewhere along the line anyway. Yeah, no, could easily be, and I, um, yes, I, I know Dick Falston as well. Is he, is he still with us, Dick Falston? Yeah, it's uh, Dick's up at Newmarket now. He lives Newmarket. Yeah, he's mm. not down there with you yet. No, yeah, okay. yeah, no. I mean, there's um, yeah, some some great characters you meet in racing, and um, you know all that sort of thing. But uh, listeners, now um, that's all to look out for Ask at the weekend. But looking forward to next week. We have the big York meeting, and we certainly have some great racing up there at York. It kicks off next Tuesday, is it Tuesday, the 11th of um, May, and um, some fantastic horses will be going up there to run. Um, 
and you know looking out for trainers in form charlie hills does well at that uh, meeting up there um you know and the other trainers to follow are like uh, david barron he's another one that does really well up there top trainer and along with richard five but there's some really good races um up there at york next week so i'm looking forward to hopefully um you know trying to tip a few winners up there the dante stakes of course is you know one of the big derby trials and we've got the dante stakes up there next week and, and uh, you know some of the big new market trainers will be just trying to sort of dip their toe in the water here to see if their horses are going to get the trip go on to sort of maybe win a derby and um there are some real nice horses running in there but i will say there's one or two running that's just sort of have been beaten one or two that are running the guineas that obviously won't run in the race but um there are one or two very nice horses including charlie appleby's new london and um that won the other day at newmarket and a horse called monadar monadar from the binsa raw stable and the other horse some from appleby's new london and uh, modern games that's the one i was looking for um who won at delmar in America, uh, won some good races here at Newmarket and Doncaster, started off in Leicester. So real good horses, and um, you want to keep an eye on that one for next week, I think, if it runs, if it goes for the, um, you know, he's going for the Dante. Um, that is a very good horse. Might not get the trip, though, for the Derby. So it's more of a Royal Ascot St. James's Palace type horse, but um, certainly one to keep an eye on. But, um, you know, a few of these horses will be getting some um, big entries, even if they're not already in it. Because, mm -hmm. you know, you can enter for like the Derby, um, you know, a little later on in in, um, in the year if you want to. But, uh, yeah, no, it's an interesting race. It really is. But the horse that will go for the Derby, I think, out of those runners. So keep an eye on them. As I say, New London and Modern. New London will go for the Derby, I think. And the other one will go, probably go for James's Palace. So, you know, mile on the court of the trip, it just proves to see if they will get the trip and maybe go beyond. If not, they'll be going for, um, you know, dropping back and trip like St. James's Palace at, um, at Ascot. But there's some really exciting racing to look forward to. And what about down in your part of the uh, country? Have you got any... Um, any little handles on, uh, like uh, Rod Millman or any, anybody like that? Well, Rod's, Rod's, you know, he's told me that most of his horses are a little bit slow to get going at the moment. They, they, they've, they've all had sort of one race, or a lot of them have anyway. But um, I think he's yes. sort of looking for another another couple of weeks before they start to really hit form, I suspect. So uh, I think that's, that's where Rod is at the moment. And, uh, you know, that's the only flat connection we've got down this part of the world. Yeah, that's right. Well, I can tell you anything from the Marcus Dragoning yard, although his, just, his runner was a little dis, disappointing the other day. But anything from Marcus's yard looked quite forward because when you train down in um, Whitsbury, um, uh, horses are a little bit more forward. Mm. It's a bit warmer just down the, the south, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. It, it's surprising, isn't it? Well, this is it, but uh, um, you know, pre presumably the horses have got their own thermometers and they decide to run when it's nice and warm, is what you're saying, basically. Yeah, that that is what sort of happens. Mm. But, um, no, there's plenty to look out for. But I will just say to, you know, to your listeners that um, 
with um, with, with um, this time of the year, you know, we had a hard frost the other morning, and it's been very dry. We need some rain. I know you probably think we don't, but we do need some rain. So things have been a little bit slow to come down. Not a million runners were there at Newmarket last week. Forty-two mm. entries, I think, for last Friday. So you know, as I said last week, you know, we got plenty coming up, but at this minute. A little bit slow to come in hand, but I think what you're going to be looking at for us likely horses that are going to be stepping up. Now, we've got out of the Guineas weekend, stepping up to the Derby or stepping up towards Royal Ascot and those sort of places, you know. Mm. Okay, well, so New London certainly one to look out for. And what was the other one? Certainly, and the other one was called Modern. Modern, so they're my two to look out for. And who, who trains those two? Week. Charlie Appleby was a- one, wasn't they're it? They're both Applebee's, yeah. yeah, they're both Applebee's, yeah, yeah. okay. Okay. All right, Colin. Well, thank you for that, sir. That's great. And uh, we will be speaking to you later on in the week to uh, to obviously get your tips for the weekend. We'll look forward to that, eh? Take care. God bless you. Thanks a lot, Colin. Bye Bye for now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Cricket? What? On a racing programme? Well, actually, that's right, because Three Valleys Radio are organising a charity cricket match in aid of the injured jockeys' fund. The 2020 match is on Sunday, July the 3rd at the beautiful North Parrot Cricket Ground in Somerset, and it will be between a team of trainers and a team of jockeys. the names are flocking in to play in the game so keep listening for team news here on Three Valleys Radio It's going to be a grand day So don't forget July the 3rd at North Perrot Cricket Ground Jockeys versus Trainers trainers out there make sure you register to get a game just drop us an email to info at threevalleysradio.com now we're going to try and catch up with nick schofield who has been off sick lately after a nasty fall but hopefully he's on his way back now and he'll be hopefully taking part in the cricket match as well well morning nick um I saw a picture of you on a horse uh, on Facebook, so I assume that the recovery is taking good shape. Yeah, um, it's um, yeah going good. I'm back right now, um, doing plenty of gym work, etc. So um, yeah, all, all being well, um, we'll be back on the track um, next week, which is sort of um, sooner than I'd expected, but um, hopefully all will be okay. Has it meant an awful lot of sort of gym work to, to get yourself fit again? Yeah, I've done plenty. Um, luckily, I was only off for, well, it's three weeks now. So, um, 
it's not um you don't lose too much fitness um obviously i did uh fracture four ribs punctured a lung and broke a collarbone so i'm probably not as good as i was but um no. uh, hopefully i'll be um fit enough to, to come back racing i didn't realize it was quite as punctured lung as well that's not that's not very nice is it yeah no <laughs> so but that, i think we're back at 80 percent capacity and they, they reckon it'll be back yeah sort of in the next week or so it's, it's gradually getting back so it's amazing what you jump jockeys have to go through when you you know when you pick up injuries like that i mean it's a that would that would knock me for six. I mean, I know I'm a bit older, but I mean, nonetheless, it's uh, it's it's a credit to you that you're back so quickly. I mean, and it, it must show, as you say, that you know your fitness must be a pretty high level anyway. Well, yeah, it probably helps with age and everything. But um, I think I've broke the doctor told me I've broke twenty five plus bones in my body so far. So um, mm. I'm well used to it, you could say. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> right. Um, but injured jockeys fund help you out on during this spell. Uh, yeah, they've been up to Oaksy House uh, a couple of times. Um, yeah. yeah, they're very helpful with physiotherapy and different things. So, um, yeah, no, they're, they're, they're an incredible charity and um, they've been very helpful, yeah. Good, good. Well, let's hopefully we'll see you at the cricket match and then we can do our, give them a little bit back then with a bit of luck. <laughs> Might not be very good with the overhead. <laughs> Don't worry about it, mate. We'll make allowances. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, look, when, so when do you reckon to be back then, Nick? Um, we're, we're at three weeks now since I broke those bones. So um, they say four to six weeks. So I'm aiming for the four weeks, which is Worcester next Wednesday. Um, yeah, if we could get back for Worcester next Wednesday, that'd be great. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, that that this all this is this is a start of a new campaign, as far as you're concerned. Then, albeit a few yeah. a few days yeah, a few zero, days late. Yeah. Zero, yeah. yeah, yeah. Good. Well, hopefully, you can kick off with a few winners in the first week, mate. Yeah, we'll give it a good go. Well, we should be keeping an eye, but good luck anyway, mate. And uh, don't fall off again as yeah. a good chap, OK? No. <laughs> <laughs> OK, mate, we'll speak to you soon anyway. Yeah, thank you, everyone. Thanks, Nick. Speak to you soon, mate. Keep it up. Right. See you soon. Bye-bye. Well, there we go. That was Nick Schofield, well on the way back to recovery, which is great news. So uh, look out for him next week. Well, now we're going to catch up with Colin Brown up at Lambeau with his uh, suggestions for the flat racing scene. Well, good morning, Colin. Um bit cloudy down here in Somerset this morning uh, as we look at the flat racing season as it moves on and we've just had the guineas. What did you make of the guineas? Uh, well, first of all, you want to move up to a little bit better climate really than hanging around down the West Country in the clouds because I'm up here in the sunshine. Oh. Um, anyhow, answer to your question, the guineas. The guineas was an exciting race, wasn't it? It really was a good race. And I don't think they were expecting native trial to be beaten, I'll be perfectly honest. Um, you know, he was very strong in the market, um, but, you know, he was beaten fair and square. Well, I don't know if it's fair and square, but he was beaten by a stable companion who mm -hmm. is a very, very um, good, good horse, you know. Did and, you ever have any situations course, when you were riding when you picked the wrong one, when you had two to choose? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I did. It's annoying. But what you do, you, you know, it is what it is. You've got to just get on with it, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, it is. And, I mean, it happens more and more nowadays. Look at Ryan Moore. He has the pick of the rides for um, Aidan O'Brien. Yeah. And it goes to, the, goes to the wire. He's seen their last pieces of work, even if he hadn't ridden them. He's watched all the races. He's had all the opinions of all the experts. And then at the end of the day, unless they particularly want him on one, he sort of chooses which one he thinks is the best ride. But 
it's not easy. Yeah, no, I've been in that situation plenty of times. Mm. Um, and sometimes I've come out winning. Sometimes I've come out, you know, getting off the win of it. That's life at the bottom, really. But mm. no, the, the Guineas was a great race. Funnily enough, the, the one horse that I, when we did the, um, the, the show last week and also the, you know, looking to, forward to the weekend on Friday evening, I put up four horses against the field. Check and challenge, finished 14th and 15th. But the other three, Caribus, Native Trial, and Luxembourg, were all first, second, and third. Not very good prices. Well, not bad prices, I suppose. Mm. Um, if I'd bothered to have done a combination tricast. Yeah. Um, you know, those sort of bets sometimes in these big races just pay a bit of a bit, bit of um, you know, a bit of money. And funnily enough, the combination tricast paid thirty-one quid, so it paid like thirty to one. And the exacta five to one to beat an odds on shot almost paid twenty five quid. They're great bets to play around with, they really are. Mm. But anyhow, no, that was uh, that was Caribus, James Doyle. Um and George, James Doyle amazingly completed a one thousand and two guineas and two thousand guineas double because he went on on the Sunday eighty to win on the horse uh, that I did actually tip up to your listeners as a little each way bet called Cache, mm. and that got up to win a neck for George Bowie the next day. So yeah, I mean a really re- well weekend for him. Mm. Prize money wise, five hundred grand, you'll get about ten percent of the lot. Plus you'll get a share in the in in the stud fee for the other one. Yeah. So I mean, not a bad, not a bad weekend for a man who was about to give up his racing career because he could hardly do the weight and get a ride about ten years ago, and he was going to become a plumber. Yeah. So well done to James. Well done to James. He's a good lad, and he's a he's a blooming good rider, and uh, you know, a very nice person as well. That's what it's all about in this game. Mm. A lot of them, you know, a lot of trainers, jockeys, owners, they get a little bit too big for their boots, if you don't mind me saying, and you know. We're all human beings, and you might have known them sort of five, six years ago. They'd always speak nowadays. They can sort of barely speak. So um, not many of them, I must say, but um, the odd one, let's say. And, yeah, we've got some great racing coming up, listeners. We really have, in fact, as as early as this weekend uh, on Saturday. some great cards there at Ascot on Saturday. It's one of the sort of trials days, if you like. And, um, and also... Uh, we've got some good mixed racing up there at um, at um, Haydock. So there's a couple of horses there just to take a mention. But um, now on Saturday, on Saturday at Ascot, there's some real good racing. Um, there's a builder called um, John Carey. I used to ride for him. And they always sponsor a race at Ascot. It's the Carey Group Buckhouse. It's a listed race. It's a race over a mile and four. But quite often you'll get a nice three-year-old come through there or four-year-old that looks like it could go on to do something at Royal Ascot. That's the, that's the great thing about um, this, this, this race, if you like. Mm. Um, yeah. And uh, there's one or two horses in this race. In fact, there's one horse in this race. I think they could run um, very well. And it's called something enticing. Uh, but uh, Andrew Boarding, I mean, he's got so many horses over his place. It's just unbelievable. But, I think the horse is well worth following in the race. That's only a four-year-old that ran quite well the other day at Newry and was third. But it looked to me like it really needed the race. It's a horse called Stoll, and it's um, trained by Gosdens, 
and it's owned by Nat Rothschild. Well, Lady Rothschild sadly died a while ago, but she has a big estate over near Marlborough in Wiltshire. And uh, great supporters are racing, you know, extremely uh, wealthy people that have bred some great horses in their day. But this one's had a pretty easy career so far, but I think it's one to um, take out and, and follow for the for the flat season, if you like. Do you think um, it was but, um, it was bred at Stoll? Because that's where Bob McCreary used to operate from, which is not that far from here. Um, yeah, that's a good point. Let me. I mean, called Stoll. It sounds like it's too much of a coincidence. S T O W E L L. Yeah, that's right. It's near Temple Coombe. Yeah, I know. Was Bob McCreary? Was he Carwell Equities now? I know he died, but um, I don't know. I wouldn't this... know that, but no. I, I know he, no. he had a place over there at, at Stoll, yeah. and uh, you know, used to breed horses there for certain because he he knew a guy that I I worked for once for a long time ago now called Dick um, Dick Falston, who had a, a Britain House stud, which is again near near to us. So I think it's probably the same the same organisation somewhere along the line. Anyway, yeah, no, could easily be, and I um. Yes, I, I know Dick Falston as well. Is he, is he still with us, Dick Falston? Yeah. It's, uh, Dick's up at Newmarket now, he lives. Newmarket, yeah, he's mm. not down there with you yet. No, yeah. Okay. yeah, no, I mean, there's some, yeah, some, some great characters you meet in racing and, um, you know, all that sort of thing. But uh, listeners, now, um, that's all to look out for Ask at the weekend. But looking forward to next week, we have the big York meeting and we certainly have some great racing up there at York. It kicks off next Tuesday, is it Tuesday, the 11th of um, May? And um, some fantastic horses will be going up there to run. Um, and, you know, looking out for trainers in form. Charlie Hills does well at that uh, meeting up there. Um, you know, and the other trainers to follow are like uh, David Barron. He's another one that does really well up there, top trainer, and along with Richard Fye. But there's some really good races. Um, up there at York next week. So I'm looking forward to hopefully, um, you know, trying to tip a few winners up there. The Dante Stakes, of course, is, you know, one of the big derby trials, and we've got the Dante Stakes up there next week. And, and uh, you know, some of the big new market trainers will be just trying to sort of dip their toe in the water here to see if their horses are going to get the trip, go on to sort of maybe win a derby. And um, there are some real nice horses running in there. But I will say there's one or two running that's just sort of ha have been beaten. One or two that run in the guineas that obviously won't run in the race. But um, there are one or two very nice horses, including Charlie Appleby's New London and um, that won the other day at Newmarket and a horse called Monadar from the Bin Royal Stable and the other horse um, from Appleby's New London and um, Modern Games, that's the one I was looking for, um, who won at Del Mar in America, uh, won some good races here at Newmarket and Doncaster, started off in Leicester. So real good horses, and um, you want to keep an eye on that one for next week, I think, if it runs, if it goes for the, um, you know, he's going for the Dante. Um, that is a very good horse. Might not get the trip, though, for the Derby. So it's more of a Royal Ascot St. James's Palace type horse, but um, certainly one to keep an eye on. But, um, you know, a few of these horses will be getting some um, big entries, even if they're not already in it. Because, mm -hmm. you know, you can enter for like the Derby um, 
you know, a little later on in in, in, um, in the year if you want to. But, uh, yeah, no, it's an interesting race. It really is. But the horse that will go for the derby, I think, out of those runners. So keep an eye on them. As I say, New London and Modern, New London will go for the derby, I think. And the other one will go, probably go for the James's Palace. So, you know, more on the court of the trip, it just proves to see if they will get the trip and maybe go beyond. If not, they'll be going for, um, you know, dropping back in trip like St. James's Palace at, um, at Ascot. But, no, some really exciting racing to look forward to. And what about down in your part of the uh, country? Have you got any um, any little handles on, uh, like uh, Rod Millman or any, anybody like that? Well, Rod's, Rod's, you know, he's told me that most of his horses are a little bit slow to get going at the moment. They, they, they've, they've all had sort of one race, or a lot of them have anyway. But um, I think he's yes. sort of... Looking for another another couple of weeks before they start to really hit form, I suspect. So, uh, I think that's that's where Rod is at the moment, and uh, you know that's the only flat connection we've got down this part of the world. Yeah, that's right. Well, I can tell you anything from the Marcus Dragoning yard, although his just his runner was a little dis, disappointing the other day. But anything from Marcus's yard looked quite forward because when you train down in um, Whitsbury. Um, uh, Horses are a little bit more forward. Mm. It's a bit warmer just down the, the south, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. It, it's surprising, isn't it? Well, this is it. But, uh, um, you know, pre presumably the horses have got their own thermometers and they decide to run when it's nice and warm, is what you're saying, basically. Yeah, that that is what sort of happens. Mm. But, um, no, there's plenty to look out for. But I will just say to, you know, to your listeners that um, with... Um, with um, this time of the year, you know, we had a hard frost the other morning and it's been very dry. We need some rain. I know you probably think we don't, but we do need some rain. So things have been a little bit slow to come down. Not a million runners were there at Newmarket last week. Mm. two entries, I think, for last Friday. So, you know, as I said last week, you know, we've got plenty coming up. But at this minute, a little bit slow to come in hand. But I think what you're going to be looking out for is likely horses that are going to be stepping up. Now, we've got out of the Guineas weekend, stepping up to the Derby or stepping up towards Royal Ascot and those sort of places, you know? Mm. OK, well, so New London certainly one to look out for. And what was the other one? Certainly. And the other one was called Modern. Modern. So they're my two to look out for. And who, who, who trains those two? Week. Charlie Appleby was a, one, wasn't they're it? They're both Applebee's. Yeah. yeah, they're both Applebee's. Yeah, yeah. OK. Okay. All right, Colin. Well, thank you for that, sir. That's great. great. And no uh, no we problem. will be speaking to you later on in the week to, uh, to obviously get your tips for the weekend. Well, that was Colin Brown and his flat racing uh, suggestions. And he'll be back later in the show for his overall suggestions for the weekend. Now we're going to speak to Rod Millman down in Columbia. Uh, well, morning, Rod. Good of you to join us again, as usual. Off on holiday, I hear. Yes, we're grabbing a few days in Lanzarote. It's, um, my, my two sons are back holding the fort, and they always reckon I'd get in the way, so we'll see if they get on running the place for a week. <laughs> That's a good, good, good ploy, I should think. But I'm sure that you deserve it, if nothing else, anyway. But, Rod, you've got a few runners lined up for uh, the weekend. Can you tell us a little bit about them? Um, well, four a day goes to Nottingham. Yeah. Um, on, well, I'll start, I'll, start on, I'll start on Thursday at Ascot. Um, I don't know if this comes out before then. We've got Amazon Dream. He's um, on the recovery mission. He badly injured himself 
at the end of the last season, he got cast in the box and, and damaged the hip bone. Right. But he's back in full work. He had a run uh, the other day at Sandown over five furlongs. Though last year, though he won his last two races last year, he always looked like six would suit him. So this will be his first run over six. But because there's been a shortage of races, it's funny, everyone's been saying there's too much racing. Yeah. There's been no races for, for good class three-year-old handicappers. Really? So oh. tomorrow, he's taken on 19. There's 19 in his race. Right. So that'll keep the um, knockers happy. Yeah. But the trouble is, all the horses, all the good good six-furlong three-year-olds are taking each other on tomorrow. Right. So we're, we're off, to, off to Ascot to run for about nine grand with six runners. Right. So which, um, with 19 runners, sorry, which is... Um, quite hard to win so whoever wins has done a good job yeah i mean when you have a high class horse um yes so that's been more less runners in these races but then again you're lucky because you've got a good horse you know and you should be able to benefit from having a good horse yeah so yeah. anyway he, he he he's one of the outsiders because he hasn't he hasn't run for so long mm -hmm. but um he's on a recovery mission and i think he'll probably come into his own after a few more races because right. he's carrying top weight tomorrow you know yeah yeah but um, on a more on a more hopeful note, we've got four a day going to Nottingham. Uh -huh. She's a really strong, strong handicap filly. Uh, she, she is well handicapped, so she could very easily run a good race tomorrow. Uh, Dan Muscat rides it. Very good jockey. Yeah. Um, and then we've got a filly having a third run in a maiden uh, over the border. Yeah. She is quite a highly strong filly, but the trouble is when you're you really got to run in your three maidens, get a handicap rating, and then you have more realistic targets. So hopefully she'll run well tomorrow, get a handicap mark, and then it'll be competitive for the rest of the season. Right, right. And then Monday, Crazy Luck at Windsor? Yeah, Crazy's in at Windsor. She's in a Phillies-only race. Um, and they are usually weaker races, but there's been a big entry. So I'm hoping the race will cut up a little bit. Um, Ross Copley ride her all being well. Yeah. But um, she's, a, she's a good old filly. Um, she 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 won two races last year, but she was placed a lot of times. I think she won about thirty thousand last year, so she more than covered her way, you know. And and, and then we've got a handful of runners at Chepstow on Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, Sir Plato ran a good race under Holly Doyle last time. So uh, yeah, he always runs well at Chepstow. That's that's a, that's about the only course he wins nowadays. Yeah. It's a very switchback track, up and down, and he likes that. Mm. Uh, Holly Doyle's riding him again, so All must right. have a good chance. Yeah, yeah. And then um, we've got. Uh, what else we got? The handy talk in the six furlong race. Yeah. Um, Mr. Kinn's got rides in. Then you've and also got sweet, uh, sweet pursuit on. Sweet pursuit. Yes, yeah, she yeah. she's coming back from an injury. She had a very good season last year. It's gone high in the handicap, so she probably needs to come down a little bit before she'll win again. You know. Yeah. And Miss Moonshine. Uh, that's a little rocket ship. She's oh, not very big. Um, probably nurseries will be her her ideal next year uh, later in the season really you know yeah yeah okay no well it's so a busy time but you're out of it so good good idea yes I'm, I'm away for a week so yeah. um, the, the boys back in the yard will do a good job while I'm away I'm sure well have a good break okay. Rod, and um, thank you very much thank you in your absence uh, a few winners as well yeah hopefully yes that's the way alright then okay. thanks Rodi have a good Eddie. trip thank then. you bye bye, -bye.
Well, that was a Lanzarote bound Mr. Rod Millman at a very busy Bristol airport, but we managed to crash him just before he flew out. So uh, let's hope he has a wonderful break and a few winners in his absence. Rod's in his third year now with us on uh, Three Valleys Racing, so we're really, really grateful for his continued presence on the show. Well, now it's time to catch up with a man who knows his way around the flat racing scene, and it's uh, Richard Phillips from up there in Gloucestershire. So let's see what he thought of the 1,000 and the 2,000 guineas um, racing at Chester this week. And obviously we've got some weekend tips as well. Well, good afternoon, Richard. Uh, I'm glad to have you on the show again. It's been a pretty hectic weekend. What did you make of it? Well, yeah, it's been a fascinating uh, few days, certainly in the flat racing world, especially the weekend with Caribus winning the 2,000 guineas for Godolphin, beating the favourite native trail. Delighted for James Doyle, who did the double, having won the 1,000 guineas on cachet the next day. But Caribus looks exceptional, and um, he was the outside of the two from the Godolphin camp, but he, he really looks special. He settled really well and quickened up. I've known James Doyle since he was a tiny little lad. He used to ride past our little yard on his pony. Uh, he's a tremendous human being. Really, everyone was very much delighted that he he did the dub it was his first classic win on the on a saturday and went and followed up the next day with the second classic win so it, it was great it's a great guineas and we've got a few um indications that there's a few uh, prospects possibly for the derby as well in the oaks after that so luxembourg came third in the guineas and that's the new favorite for the derby for aiden o'brien um he's by camelot i think i said last week that uh, sometimes they can throw in a not necessarily a a great run as it were after that so he wouldn't be for me he's quite short price he's seven to four for the derby yeah. and changing the guard that's one at chester this week is also been uh um back for the derby he's quite impressive yesterday and also from the guineas and cachet winning uh we had in third place tuesday which the horse i sort of fancied as it were to possibly in the three and he she was and she's one of the favorites for the derby along with emily upjohn from the john gosden camp so, um, yeah, it was a great guineas, and we've got a few pointers for the uh, Derby and the Oaks out of it. What do you think, uh, you know, obviously William Buick chose the wrong one uh, in Native Trail. Um, you know, why didn't he spot that uh, Caribus was going to be the one, do you think? I think he's very much aware of the fact that Caribus could have been the one, but he couldn't get off Native Trail. I think they all admitted that. He, he went and won the Craven very well, Native Trail, and, he, of course, he rode Caribus. Uh, as a two-year-old, uh, and he's ridden him in all his work. But I think having Native Trail be the highest-rated two-year-old throughout the world last season, it's impossible to get off Native Trail, really. Yeah. So, uh, But it, he's a great mate of James Doyle, so it's a great sporting story that William William uh, Buick and James Doyle are great mates, and, and they work together at Godolphin. And for Charlie Appleby, who's a really decent man, and he's doing a great job at Godolphin uh, training those horses and training those people around him so well um, he's a real decent man with a, with a great uh, with a great respect from everyone so Charlie Appleby's doing a great job at Godolphin and William Buick and James Doyle are great mates and I know William Buick was absolutely delighted for James Doyle who was sort of second jockeys who were to get that first group win uh, first uh, classic win sorry well certainly Charlie uh, Appleby can't really do much wrong at the moment can he no absolutely uh, he's had a, a little bit New London he was second for the second favourite of the derby got beaten yesterday uh at Chester with New London. So um, it hasn't all been going to plan. And this week, Aiden O'Brien's really come to the fore uh, with changing the guard, winning. Uh, and he's just won with Star of India as well uh, in another classic trial today. So that's in the Derby betting as well, 8-1 to one with some, 14-1 to one with others. But uh, Godolphin actually this weekend have Walk of Stars running in the Lingfield Derby trial, which is sometimes a very good indicator 
for the Epsom Derby. So Walk of Stars runs in this favourite um, for Lingfield Derby trial. So Godolphin once again looking to have a strong hand. So it looks like Godolphin and Bally Doyle, Aidan O'Brien Stable, are the, are the ones that are four at the moment. But Emily Upjohn is a horse that um, Frankie Detroit won at Sandown with, and uh, he said, wow, when he, when he got off the horse. Uh, Emily Upjohn is named after a character in A Day at the Races, the Marx Brothers film, the great Marx Brothers film, Emily Upjohn. So, uh, but she's joint favourite with the Oaks, um, with uh, Tuesday for the Oaks for the Valley Door Camp. So John Gosson looks like the man who um, could possibly stop Godolphin or Ballydor winning the Oaks of the Derby. But he, he's, the Queen, unfortunately, her horse reaching the moon doesn't run in the Derby. That's a big disappointment. We're hoping in platinum year that the, the Queen would have a live chance of winning the Derby. But that horse heads for Royal Ascot, and that's trained by John Gosden. So uh, that one's out, unfortunately. But he still has a chance, certainly, um, in the Oaks of coming up trumps with Emily Upjohn. Who well, runs in the Musadora next week at York, actually. Yeah. So um, she's been here today. It's certainly, you know, it says something if Frankie Dettori gets off it and goes, wow, because uh, he must be a pretty good judge as to, to, you know, how competitive it is amongst some of the other rides. Yeah, I think that's one of the reasons she's now joint favourite for the Oaks with yeah. Tuesday is the fact that she was very impressive at Sandown and she, all she didn't beat the best horses in the world. I think Frankie com, coming off the horse and being so impressed and having ridden so many great horses over the decades, um, I think Emily Upjohn, that's why she's right up there in the betting. Yeah, you'd have to take notice of him, wouldn't you, really? Yeah, great man, great jockey, great judge. Yeah, absolutely. Now, what about this weekend, um, Richard? Is there much on over this weekend? Well, as I say, the Lingfield Derby trial is taking place uh, on Saturday. The Walk of Stars running for Godolphin and Emily Dickinson running for Aidan O'Brien in the uh, the... Lingfield Oaks Trials. So, uh, once again, it's the Dolphin and O'Brien um, coming to the fore again. And, yeah. you know, they have two great breeding operations, one dominated by the great Sire Jabawi, who, of course, the Sire of Caribus, and, of course, Galileo, who's uh, just read his 350th group winner, I think, um, just yesterday. An amazing, amazing horse yeah. that died last year, unfortunately. But uh, those Two stallions, Dubawi and Galileo, uh, are great breeders of classic horses, and that's one of the reasons why uh, Godolphin and Bally Doyle are doing so well at present. Well, come on, on what you've seen so far, and obviously it has to be tempered that there's more to come yet. But what, would you put your put your neck out and, and uh, pick one for the Derby? Well, I think the Derby's really quite an open race. Although Luxembourg is favourite, uh, and of course he ran a very decent trial by coming third in the Guineas, the 2000 Guineas, and that's normally a very good trial for the Derby. As I say, he's by Camelot, and uh, although the horse looked really outpaced um, going into the dip, as they say, about three furlongs out at Newmarket, uh, to me he's no value at all. So there's a lot of trials to be seen, but there's a horse running possibly on Sunday, um, in the Derby trial at Leopardstown, a horse called Stone Age. And I put my horses to follow and uh, I followed him last year. He wasn't able to win last year, but he was second in the group ones. And he's from the Bally Doyle yard again. He's again a son of Galileo. And he's been tipped in the racing post by Pricewise. Uh -huh. um, um, Tom Siegel, who writes in the racing post, he's a great judge. And he has put Stone Ages is outsider in the Derby. Quite often, they know Brian outsider runs very well in the Derby. He was 40 to 1 in places, and he's 25s now, as it were. But Stone Age runs 
at uh, Leopardstown at the weekend. And if he put up an impressive performance, he could be single figures, I think, for the derby at some stage. Mm, okay. So he'd be my each way bet at the moment for the Epsom derby, but still all to play for. Good. OK, Richard. Well, thank you very much for that. And uh, we'll look forward to catching up with you again next week. Now we're going to switch codes and pop back to uh, Lambourne and just catch up with Jamie Snowden, who had a record year last year and started already with a winner in the new uh, jump racing season. Good evening, Jamie. How are you today? Yeah, good evening, Eddie. Yeah, I'm, I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm okay. So um, I, this is a time for reflection and anticipation as far as the jump racing season is concerned. I see that you have got your first winner of the new season in Stony Mountain. Am I right? Yeah, that's right. It's always, always nice. It's a bit like your cricket there, Eddie. It's nice to get off, uh, get off, get off the mark. And um, yeah, Stony Mountain won on the first day, which was lovely. Yeah. So, um, looking back then, though, Jamie, I mean, you, you, you've had a pretty good season, haven't you? Oh, listen, we, we, we've, we've had a wonderful time of it, um, yeah, last season. Um, 50 winners all told, 49 jumps, jumps winners, um, one, one flat winner, um, just shy of £500,000 in prize money. Yeah, it's, been, um, it, it's been a very good year, record, record year. Oh, well, that's, that's good to know. And, uh, you know, you, you've obviously looked at the horses that you've got in the stable. I know... It's more your summer string now, which is not going to be that many. But how how do you look upon the, the you know the forthcoming season? I mean, with with a lot of hope and uh, expectation, I would imagine. Yeah, very much so. Um, I, I think um, you know we we we've we've thankfully reinvested in in a lot of young horses, um, a lot of young hopefully hopefully winter horses. So um, you know we've always been trying to restock. Um, you know, with, with, with better quality horses if, if we can achieve it. And, um, and, and we're certainly doing that, which, which, which is great. But it does mean that um, through the summer we'll probably be slightly less in terms of numbers than we have been previously. But hopefully that means that we have a, a stronger team for the winter. But presumably, I mean, in the summer, the, you know, the, the, the possibilities of prize money, et cetera, are sort of vastly limited, aren't they, in the summer? They are, um, but 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 in in previous years we've um, we've always been quite quite strong with getting sort of uh, winners on the board um, earlier on in the season, and and you know a winner a winner in in, in May counts as much as a winner in December. So yeah, yeah. Um, they 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 all count. But as you rightly say, um, you know the the better races, the better quality races, the more prize money um, certainly takes place in the winter. Yeah. And, and have you got any, you know, uh, horses to watch that we could advise our listeners to have a look out for? Well, certainly through through the through the summer, um, we'll have a, you know, Stony Mountain. Obviously, one is one at one is first novice chase um, on, on Saturday. Um, he he should hopefully be able to make hay uh, whilst the sun shines, as it were. Um, and then we then we've got um, we've got some some nice some nice um, handicap hurdlers from Beholden through to Chapman's Heights someday soon. Um, uh, Piscar Pike, I think he'll go handicap chasing. Might come back for a, a, a listed handicap hurdle at market raising the summer hurdle in the summer. Yeah. Um, and then we've got some some nice bump horses and, and novice hurdlers. So um, we've got a team of about fifteen for the summer, um, which hopefully will uh, will we'll, we'll tie us over with, with a bit of prize money and a few winners ready for the season to really commence in September. Uh, and have you got one horse, one outstanding, the one that you've sort of you know, put all your hopes on to? Um, for the summer or for, for, no, for next season? For the whole for the, season. For the winter. For the whole season. Um, it's a 
very good question there, Aidy. Um, I've certainly been impressed with a called Soldier of Destiny um, th- th- this last season. He won a couple of other chases, and um, he looks like he's 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 got a got an engine, and there should be a, a decent race in him next season. Perhaps something like the the Pan Power Gold Cup at Cheltenham or or the Old Roan Chase at, at Aintree. Um, uh, I think he he. He looks quite nice. Um, Legends Ride's obviously been a star for us this year as well. She's won thirty thousand in prize money and another sixty thousand in bonuses. Yeah. Um, hopefully she she can continue to progress. Um, you know the novices like uh, um, Hardy Desoy have been good and and Kilsilly Briggs. Um, and then we've got the likes of Garlaw coming back from injury next year. So uh, and then a host of host of young ones. So um, I listen. It's very hard to pin your pin your hopes on one horse and. Hopefully the the whole team will uh, rise to the top. Well, I'm sure they will with you in charge. Well, you're, you're kind to say, Eddie. <laughs> no, but I mean, you know, you know what you're doing, that's for sure. And you've had, you, you know, it's, it's no coincidence that you've had another good year. So come on, I mean, uh, you know, back yourself here a little bit, Jamie. Come on, let's be positive yeah, here. Let's I... be positive. We're, we're, we're always positive, but we try not to be arrogant. I think there's, there's yeah, a, no, a nice that's, balance. That's fair. That's a fair comment. Yeah, and I would I would never <laughs> accuse you of being arrogant either. No way. So, so that's good. Yes, but yeah. uh, a few decent twenty to one tips would be useful in the forthcoming weeks. But uh, we'll, we'll we'll see how we make out on those. All right. <laughs> I'll endeavour to help you out. Yeah, good for you, sir. Good for you. Okay, then, Jamie. Well, we'll catch you in next week, week after. Depending on how many runners you got, I'll keep an eye on the on the races and uh, we'll give you a call. Okay. Look forward to it. Thanks, Eddie. All the best. Now it's time to catch up with Dave Wilson at uh, Harlequin Racing. Good evening, David. How are you? Yeah, very well, mate. Uh, sun shining, so uh, everything's good in the world now. Got rid yeah. of all of that rainy stuff. Anyway, we've got uh, we're going to have a look at a couple of races at Ascot for you. A uh, couple of races at Haydock, and then the two big races on the day at Mingfield for Derby Trial and. Uh, Oaks trial that's on over there. Okay. So we're going to kick off with uh, the 220 race at Ascot. Yep. And the horse we like here is Something Enticing. Yep. Going to be ridden by my favourite lady, Hayley Turner, and trained by Andrew Paulding. Uh, the, ho- the horse was with David Ellsworth and he retired at the back end of last season. And obviously this fella's been uh, moved to Andrew Paulding's stables. He was off the track for 163 days and he had a, a run round on the all-weather at Kempton and he finished seventh. He was only beaten three and a half lengths and uh, he's previously got a line of form where he was second in a class one listed event behind a horse called Ves- Vesela. Vesela. V-E-S-E-L-A, which was up at Doncaster and that looks to be some very strong form in that race. Now, this is four-year-old filly and she gets a five pound weight allowance in this race as well and bet 365 have got currently priced up at 16 to 1 so we've got uh look look through the horses that we're going through today apart from the two derby trials and the oaks trials we've gone for big price ones and we're looking at having a there's five of them in total and we're looking at having an each weight Lucky 31 on the ones that we're going through. But if you if you want to bet the singles, uh, just small each race singles and all of them, they're all big prices tonight. So uh, we shall see what we uh, get through with them. So okay, the, second one that we've, the second one that we've got at Ascot is in the 405. Uh, this is the 28-runner handicap 
Uh, it's called ha- the Heritage Handicap. It's a yearly thing that comes out, or the sponsors have actually called it the Victoria Cup this year. Mm. And again, we're going with a Hayley Turner mount, Chief of Chiefs, and this time it's trained by Charlie Fellows. Now, this fella back in 2020 won at Royal Ascot, won the Wokenham off of a handicap mark of 95, and that was a big 19 runner handicap at the Royal Ascot meeting there. But he's not won since. And his handicap now is 97, so he's only two pounds higher than when he won that big Wokingham race. But the thing that we've noted is his last seven races, he's not been beaten more than five lengths in any of them. Now, he's proven at the track, he's proven over the trip, and he's proven on the ground. And he's also proven in big field handicaps at Ascot. So uh, the, the 12th one that's on offer with most of the firms at the moment seems to be very good value. And as I say, he's, he's another one that's going in our lucky 31 each way bet there. But if you want to have the singles bet, check the odds each way because some of the firms pay more places than the others. And it's always worth making the extra place if you can where, where they're on offer. And a pure coincidence that Hayley Turner's on it, right? <clears throat> it is. It's just, yeah. <laughs> the two horses that we'd like, it just happened to be that yeah. Hayley's on both of them. Uh, that's and, all right. Uh, you, you don't have to convince uh, me. Don't worry. <laughs> you know me. I only bet through the form that we look at and yeah, 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 we'll right. be able to look at what jockeys are on the, at the end of it and see where we can go. But there you go. It's, it's, anyway, we're moving over. We're moving over to Haydock now and we haven't got Hayley Turner riding there so we can't oh, pick any more right. of hers. God, that's going to be a problem then. It is, yeah. yeah so uh, yeah. But we're going to start off with uh, 225 there, the, the handicap hurdle there. Now, the horse that we like in here is called Party Business. Uh, young lad riding for Ian Williams, uh, Mr. Madonna, is a £5 claimer. So uh, last time this horse won, it had a £3 claim on. So he's actually taking an extra £2 off, but it has gone up £7 in the handicap now. This fella runs fifth in uh, Martin Piper at the Cheltenham Festival back in March and then came out at Aintree and won the uh, Class 1 Grade 3 three-mile handicap hurdle there. And he's, he's also got some form where he beat City Chief earlier in the season. City Chief's come out and won twice since and run a blinder up over at the Punchestown Festival when he finished fifth of 25 in the big handicap there. Now, when he beat City Chief, uh, there was another horse behind him called Complete Unknown, who we've mentioned quite a few times on the show. He's he won a Class 1 grade 3 as well. So this fella's priced up at around about 13 to 2, and I think he's got an absolute cracking chance of winning that race out. So that's a 225 at Haydock party business. Radio. Moving down the card to the 3 o'clock, we really like the chances here. This is the one that we've got down as our best bet of the weekend. Is Miss Heritage. Going to be ridden by Tom Cannon for Lucy Wadham. Uh, Byrony Frost normally rides this mare. And unfortunately, Byrony injured herself at Aintree. She's uh, taking a bit of time out to recover at the moment. Now, last time out, Miss Heritage beat one of Paul Nichols' horses called Miranda. 15 lengths. Now, Miranda's a 146-rated hurdler and was only giving £6 to Miss Heritage. So basically, Miss Heritage was running off of a handicap mark of 140 in that race, and she beat Miranda 15 lengths as well, just to rub the salt in the nose of everyone there. And in this handicap race here, she's running off of a handicap mark of 134, so we know that she's well capable of winning this sort of race off this sort of handicap mark going through lines of form with other horses that she's easily beaten. So a repeat of her run up at Doncaster, she's going to have an absolutely fantastic chance of winning this race. And 
in that Doncaster race, Anna, Anna Benina, who she's taking on in this race, is also uh, the second favourite to win this. Now, Miss Heritage beat Anna Benina about 20 lengths in that race up at Doncaster. So I don't understand why one of them's the second favourite in the race and Miss Heritage is priced up at 12 to 1. But we're going to have a nice each-way bet on Miss Heritage in that 3 o'clock at Haydock. So she's the fourth one of uh, lucky 31 that we'll be putting on as well. 16 to 1 with Paddy Power on my my website at the moment. Yeah, there's only one show of betting when I looked at it, so uh, there could be bigger prices. And yeah. as I say, we're going to be having a look at the putting the bets on as soon as all the prices have come through. It's a little bit early for some of them to get them up. But it, I think she's got an absolutely fantastic chance there, Miss Heritage. Mm, definitely. So. Moving down to the 4.45 race, uh, one we're liking here, and uh, this is an outsider that's going to take a little bit of getting home, I think. It's called True Blue Moon. Obviously, the Blue Moon football team couldn't get home last night when they played Madrid, but that was their uh, little issue over there. Now, this fella's going to be ridden by Jason Hart for Tim Easterby, and he's a winner second time out last year in May which he's having his second run of this season in May, around about the same time when he won last year. Now, previous form that this fella's got, he used to be a 100-rated handicap when he was trained by Joseph O'Brien out in Ireland, and he's dropped all the way down to a handicap mark of 69 now. That's £31 he's been dropped in a handicap. Now, he come out and had his run, as I say, up a Catterick over seven furlongs a couple of weeks ago, and he showed up well, and he was priced at 40 to 1 that day. And I've got a funny feeling he's going to run, run a very, very big race. And the thing that I noted was Jason Hart was booked to ride him, where he's had a few apprentice jockeys on him in the last three or four times he's been at the racetrack. So I don't think he'll be a, a very big price come the off time. It looks to me like there may well be a little bit of a gamble go on in this fella. So here's the fifth one in our uh, lucky 31 there. Um, and uh, that's a 445 uh, Haydock. Hey, did I tell you that my, my second favourite team in the whole wide world is Real Madrid? I thought they would be after they beat Man City. Yeah. <laughs> pure, co pure coincidence that it happened to be announced today. But, yeah, I think they're absolutely <laughs> wonderful. I was sitting there last night and it was 1-0. <laughs> Man, see, I thought, oh, there we go. Walked out to the back garden, come back in, it was yeah. game over. I know, <laughs> unbelievable, wasn't it? But there you go. Yeah, I was like, what happened? Did yeah. I miss something? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. obviously. Yeah. Anyway, we've got two more races just to go over quickly for you. Uh, Lingfield, they got the Derby trial and the Oaks trial on. In the first one, the 240, the Derby trial, I like the chances of a horse here called Lionel. Uh, Jamie Spencer, not one of my favourite jockeys, of of all, all time and uh, David Minutier team up with him and uh, he's not won a race yet but last time out he was only beaten three quarters of a length and he was staying on very strongly behind a horse called Natural World who's actually second or third favourite to win this race and with the style of riding Jamie Spence has coming from off the pace it, it's not not going to be beyond all recommendations that the front runners might go a bit too quick and he'll absolutely pick them off and I think the horse has got a very good chance as well because it showed a lot of impressive speed towards the end of its last race when it only got beat three quarters. So uh, Lionel in the first one of uh, two big races there at Lingfield. Yeah. And then moving down to the 3.15, the Oaks trial for the girls. This race looks very, very poor for form on paper. And 
the way Aidan O'Brien's team have been going at Chester over the last couple of days, they've had a treble two days in a row there, Ryan Moore and Aidan O'Brien. I think Emily Dickinson's going to have a fantastic chance to win this race. She's got a line of form where she got beat six and a half lengths behind above the curve. And the horse that finished second to above the curve in that race came out and beat above the curve at Chester. So we know the form's very strong. But when you look through the rest of the runners in the race, there's no outstanding form to look at. But it doesn't mean that there isn't a, a very good filly in the, in the race that we can't see on paper at the moment. So uh, we'll just take the chance and go with Emily Dickinson and the Aidan O'Brien runner because the team's in absolute on fire out there at the moment so uh we're settled with her for the end of the end of the day that's what we've got for you mate hopefully there'll be a few winners in there but as i say we're going for the each way options and uh just check out what your bookmakers are laying each way prices and uh each way places uh some of them do big seven places on some of them big races like Skybet and uh, some of the others like Cripple You Up, they only do four places on the same race. So it's always well worth having a check up how many places that the bookmakers pay in before you put your bets on. Excellent, David. Thank you very much indeed. And let's hope there's some uh, big price winners there then. Now it's time to pop up to Lambourne and catch up yet again with Colin Brown. Morning, Colin. How are you this morning? All right? Yeah, very good, thanks you. Yeah, yeah, you must be living Three Valleys Radio these days, Wednesdays and Fridays, unbelievable. Unbelievable to get asked and get paid such a big retainer to I do know, it. Just it's absolutely amazing, isn't it? fantastic. Yeah. It really is fantastic. It's yeah. um, unbelievable, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyhow, no, it's good for her. I do a few other radio stations as well. I won't mention all their names, but... Um, talk something and one or two but um yeah it's nice to be with you talking talking good good well keep it up you've got good racing on saturday yeah yeah it is we're going to haydock i think but you've got you've got a a story about haydock haven't you you were telling me this meeting at haydock is a mixed meeting so we've got um like uh, two or three flat races and two or three jump races probably a bit more and years it's always been a a, a mixed meeting. Swinton Hurdles, the big race on the day, plenty of money for a big handicap. And I, I nearly won it a couple of years, ridden placed horses and it had gone close. But um, one year, David Ellsworth said, um, had three rides up there. He was going on shooting up the north. So he was, um, he flew up on this, uh, we went on this little Piper Aztec, I think it was, from White Waltham. And the guy who flew us up was a retired gentleman, but he'd um, been in the Air Force and he did have a moustache, that's how I thought he'd been in the Air Force. And, you know, he, uh, he, he uh, jumped in the plane and off we went, a little bit bumpy and a bit frosty when we left White Waltham. And about half an hour later, he goes, um, whereabouts is Haydock Park exactly? I thought, hang about, should really know where Haydock Park is if he does his homework, you know, what's, what's happening. So we look out the window, all we can see is sea. So we're over the Irish Channel. So Elsie goes, oh, better go right a bit. So we went right. And I know that's not really sort of um, flying terms, if you like, but so when you're whatever many thousand feet up, you know, we can just see the sea and then we saw the River Mersey. Then we saw then we saw the Isle of Man. Anyhow, anyhow he was doing a bit of ducking and diving. Anyway, when we got over the M6, as it were, I should think we're about Preston by then. And then we said, no, no, God, go south. So we start going south, getting a bit lower, getting a bit lower. Oh, yeah, there it is. There's Haydock Park down there. As we point out the window, and oh, yeah, I can see it. Um, he says, can you see which way the wind socks blowing? Bloody hell. I thought, no way. So I said, yeah, it's blowing south. 
right. So he, he lowers and comes down. And then when he got down, I thought he was going to land him. He's coming down a bit steep. He, he, he bottled out, ducked out, and went round again. So he went all round over the motorway, back round Haydock Park, which is right on the motorway almost. Came in, and I promise you, no word of a lie, um, he, he just practically clipped the stable roof. And he did clip with his tail at the inside rail of the um, race course. And they're plastic, of course. Yeah. Um, and, and sort of slid to a land, you know, landed, but slid around a fair bit. Anyhow, I got off to ride and I was telling the boys a story. And anyhow, the plane wasn't going to leave till five o'clock or so. It was about four o'clock. I thought I'd go have a little wander around, see what's happening. I got beaten on a couple of my horses, I fancy a bit, but there we are. Anyhow, I'm walking past one of the bars outside, and I thought, oh, it looks like our pilot. Oh, yeah, he had a pint of Guinness in his hand. <laughs> <laughs> That's no word of a lie. Yeah. And everybody like thinks I'm nuts, but that is absolutely on my mother's deathbed. That was um, true. So I said to uh, Oliver Sherwood, he was riding up there that day, I said, any chance of a lift back, Ollie? Yep, no problem. I've got a seat, Colin. What's happening? And I told him so. Unbelievable. So I went back to White Water the next day and got my car. It's a wonder you flew again at all after that sort of story, really. I know, but you know, it's got to be done, isn't it, really? And uh, jockeys are a bit mad, anyhow, so flying again wouldn't be worrying them about the least thing on their mind, really. Uh, um, but there we go. Anyhow, let's try and find the listeners a winner or two, um, if we can. Yeah, and um, there's a couple of horses um, up here that I quite like today. First one runs in the 150, and it's a horse called Glen Shield, and it runs in a per temps condition state. He's a good horse. He was second in the um, cha- Champions Day to a horse called Creative Fourth Force. That is good form. Holly Doyle rides the old eight-year-old for Archie Watson, and I think it should win. He's called. Glen Shield, 150, Haydock. Okay. Right, the next race is the Per Temps Long Distance Hurdle. There's a bit of prize money about for this race, so there should be. And uh, it's a pretty decent race, I suppose you have to say. A uh, couple of horses I quite like here. One's called Neon Moon, and the other one is called Pylon. And that is the one of trained by Philip Pops. Now, Pylon was a good second at Cheltenham. Uh, only beaten in the nose by Wisby in the uh, in the Saffron Handicap Hurdle on the Friday. And I think probably Pylon can win. So Pylon for me, 2.25 at Haydock Park. Okay. By, uh, by the way, you had four winners last week. Did I really? That's yeah, not great. 2 to 1, 11 to 4, 11 to 10 and 16 to 1. Ooh, Sixty-one. Mm. Nothing wrong with that, is there? No. Nothing wrong with that. Thank you. Thank you. I'm. Uh, I thought that would perk you up a bit. Yeah, that's perked me right up. That has. Mm. Right, Good. Swinton Hurdle. I was just talking about this race, and it's over a mile and seven furlongs, three o'clock at a dot. Good few runners going to post, like seventeen odd runners, I think, in this race. And there's a couple of horses that you could uh, easily fancy. Um, and I'll be telling you exactly which one I'm going to have my money on. Um, as I look through, as I say, plenty of runners. Yeah, I'm going to go for a horse, um, another horse of um, Philip Hobbs called Luxal Lad, who had some very good form uh, last season. 
He was second at Exeter JPL one, second at Campron at Chepstow. He's got real good form this one, and I think Luttrell Lad um, can win the Swinton Hurdle. As I say, he's a blimmin' good horse, and um, you know I think you'll find that uh, he will win. He was second horse called Comprom uh, one day at Chepstow, and that went out to Ireland and won a £59,000 race um, at Punchestown last week or the week before. So, yep, that's the one to be on. Luttrell Lad at Haydock Park in the three o'clock. That's the one I like. Um, the next race up there is a flat race, and I think the horse you'll see winning this race is a horse that's um, is a horse that's uh, a bit of an improver last year for Haggers. He's called Eldari. He won his last two. That's a three thirty-five at Haydock. I think number one you'll see winning this, and that is called Eldari. We got a couple more jump races up there, but I'm going to move on from Haydock Park now, Avon, and I'm going to come down to Lingfield Park where we've got the the Oaks Trial and the Derby Trial. And some real good racing to boot, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. So, at uh, Lingfield Park, um, this week we've had um, um, Ryan Moore's been in great form on the Aiden O'Brien horses at Chester, and they've been showing their hand a little bit with some quite nice horses that could easily be uh, out um, running in these type of races at Epsom, the Derby and the... Uh, and the Oaks, etc., etc. But um, there's one that runs here in the first race that Ryan Moore rides for his old boss, Richard Hannon, and it's called Beautiful Sunshine. And it was third uh, um, to, uh, to Windsor last year in May, and it hasn't run for quite a long time. Obviously, it's had a bit of a problem, but I bet they've got this horse absolutely spot on right and they're going to give it a go uh, today. So I think that will win the 130 at Lingfield. And it's called Rattling. So that's my first selection. Rattling. Rattling. Yeah, I've got it. it. Rod Norman, you might know more about his runner and the race, because his runner and the race, funnily enough, is owned by a great mate of mine, um, Roger Kilby, who is, in fact, um, Canis Bay Bloodstock. Well, I, think, um, I think one thing to mention about this, this horse is the fact he's got Robert Havlin riding it. Um, generally speaking, when, when Rod's got what he fancies, he puts a good jockey on it. However, Rod's gone to Lanzarote. Um, he's, he's, he's just flown off to Lanzarote for a week and left his two sons uh, in charge of things. So uh, I don't know if that's a, an indication as to, to those two sons. That, you know, booked him. Who knows? But um, it's, it's not one of the... Uh, Perhaps, but then again, it's quite a big race, isn't it? It's a well, four thousand pound race. I don't know. I don't know. Can't really help you on that one. Difficult one. Right. Next race, the two forty. It's the SBK Derby Trial. United Nations turns up from the um, up from uh, the uh, stable of Aidan O'Brien's, and that was beaten fair and square. Went fourth to Nahani um, in the. Kazoo Blue Ribbon Trial at Epsom and um, Appleby trains Nahani and Appleby runs Natural World here and Walk of Stars who won at Newbury uh, just the other day um, just won a conditions race there but it did it pretty well 
um, you have to say. But the third horse has come out and got beaten, albeit in a listed race in France. Um, so I'm going to go for a horse, and I, I think I'm, you know, I mentioned on the flat race program, um, and that's Natural World beat Ottoman Feet um, first time out. I think Ottoman Fleet's one to take out of the race, but I'm going to go for Natural World. Always doing enough winning a maiden. Um, Buick's gone for Walker Stars, but I think Natural World's the one to be on. And I see Jack Mitchell takes the ride for Charlie Appleby, so best of luck to him. Okay, fine. Um, 3.15, this is the Oaks Trial. Um, Ryan Moore rides a lovely filly called Emily Dickinson. And Rab Havlin rides a, a lovely a filly called Belt Buckle. I mean, some really, really decent horses in this race. Um, and also a recent Brighton winner by five legs, a horse called Making Me Do It. Could improve a lot on that. And at least it's come down the hill, if you see what I mean. But yeah, this is a this is a tough little old race. Um, only Wolverhampton, that was where Belt Buckle won. Um, so... No, nowhere too flash, if you like, and is quietly, quite nicely bred. But I would say Emily Dickinson's the one to be on um, from the yard of Aidan O'Brien's. He's also in good form at one at Nace by Neck, but it's nicely bred out of a mare called Shikita, and uh, you'll probably remember the song Shikita. But yeah. I think Shikita was a pretty smart horse. Um, trained by Aidan O'Brien it ended up being rated like 100 and something you know it was a good horse uh-huh. okay. so that's the one for me Emily whatever she's called Dickinson um, Dickinson that'll do for now right okay one more good race here at the Chartwell Philly Stakes here at um, Epsom and um, again it's you know a pretty decent race horse called Shakaya trained by Hugo Palmer. Chris Wright trains that, uh, owns that one. Um, is today ridden by Ryan Moore. I don't think that would be far away. You know, when you see Ryan Moore book for trainers that he doesn't ride for very often, Hugo Palmer and people like Richard Hannon, uh, although he's ridden for them in the past, you know, when you see that sort of booking, you've got to sort of sit up a little bit because, you know, they do only book the best jockeys when they think they've, like you just said just now, have mm-hmm. when he rides for Millman. You know, when they got a bit of a chance. So, yeah, I don't think that'll be far away in the 350. Um, and it's called Chikoya. It's about three to one at the moment. Right. And that's probably, that's probably my lot, really, from... Um, from uh, Lingfield? Lingfield Park. Yeah, I think that's yeah. probably my lot from Lingfield Park. It's quite funny, really, because the last race there... Ryan Moore must be flying off somewhere because he doesn't ride one for his dad in the last. Uh, William Buett rides it. But yeah. um, not that I'm saying it's going to win, but um, maybe he just doesn't fancy it, so he's going home. Mm. Well, I don't know. Anyhow, yeah. yeah, like when you're in his, his shoes, you can. Let's have a look at Ascot because there's great racing at Ascot. Um, it's pretty competitive. Oops, a daisy. And um, the first race at Ascot, apart from being competitive, looks impossible. In fact, um, but one trainer that's had two winners this week, and uh, he runs one on the flat. It's one, uh, one of its uh, flat races was trained by. Well, gosh, a load of trainers have had it. 
but it was second to going gone at Epsom the other day in the Great Metropolitan. It's called Mos- Mascrat. And it's trained, it was trained by Colin Tizard that day, but now trained by Joe Tizard. And Joe had a double the other night when I was doing the presentations down at uh, Fontwell Park. So Mascrat is the one that I think can win the first race at Ascot tomorrow. And it's around about 15 to 2. It's a good each way bet. So hopefully, AD, we've got um, Mary. I'll just give her a call. We've got Mary listening. She'll be scribbling that one down because, um, you know, Tizard's. Don't train too far from Mary. And you, of course. No, that's um, right. Yeah. That's right. So, Mary, I hope you're well. And get your money on Maskrat in the first at um, at, uh, at Ascot, where I'm going. And, Mary, you can double this up, and you, AD, in, with a horse called Stoll. Uh, it's trained by uh, Gosdens and ridden by Frankie. Ran a good race the other day. I thought it just looked like it will need the run that just came into the race in touch with leaves pushed along and then just held on for third place looked like it would improve for the run that was at newbury in the decent race um so that's the one i think can win our third race uh, i think stole was bred uh not that far from from both me and mary come to that uh temple coon oh. uh ah yeah um bob mccreary used to be based at stole and it's a bit of a coincidence yeah. that a horse is called Stole, so I would put two and two together and probably get a Bob McCreary horse. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. Two and two makes four. Yeah, yeah. So there we go. Right. Okay. Well, well you're, what we you're very... Next race? We're on. Yeah, we're on the next race at Ascot. And I can see a horse called Noble Style winning this. It's trained by Appleby. It's out of a mare, a good mare called Eartha Kitt. Um, I would say that I'd have a good chance. And, you know, Appleby's had quite a few first-time-out winners this year. But the main danger to it is one of Clive Cox's, who was third to what's called Holgoon at Newbury. And it just was bang up there in the old, you know, up there in the uh, in upsides in the lead. And then when it just got tired, it just hung across to the left. And, you know, that's what happens to these horses sometimes. They'll, they'll improve for that run. Is that of a decent mare called Red Box that was 101 rated horse for Cheveley Park and won three races for Cheveley Park, uh, including at Ascot, which I always think is quite interesting. So in fact, no, it was beating shorthead at Ascot um, in the Valiant Stakes. So I think that it's between those two. If you don't like backing horses first time out, which I don't, Noble Stars beautifully bred won't be far away, but Redemption Time probably is the one. It could just shake it up. Okay. Um, Ascot, we've got Philly's Handicap. I'm not mad on Philly's Handicaps, I'll be really, really honest with you. Um, so I think I'm going to give that a little brush aside and go for the Victoria Cup. Well, this is a blooming hard race, the Victoria Cup. I mean, 15 to 2 the field. 15 to 2 is the um, is the favourite in the race. And... Um, you know, there's a lot of horses in this race that are poor, hard to win with and just need everything to fall right. But the horse I quite like in the race, the horse called Accidental Agent. It won at Newmarket last time out. It's won seven of its 40 races. You know, it did win the Queen Anne here at Royal Ascot back in, oh gosh, 2018, I think it was. 
Um, yeah, took the Queen Anne with um, Charlie Bishop in the saddle, beat Lord Glitters. Very good form, that is. Um, but, I mean, it was 2018 and it's now 2022. But I don't think that will be far away. Um, accidental agents say it won at Newmarket the other day for a mark of 104 and they've put it up £4, which I don't think is too bad. Um, the other horses in the race with a big chance. Um, I thought Aratus was a top, top-class horse, almost a, a group horse in a handicap when it won two or three last year for Clive Cox. But it was quite well beaten by Happy Power at Leicester first time out the show. I don't know why, but it was. But not without a chance at 14 to 1. They're two each way bets in the race, I'd say. OK, fine. Um, the rest of the racing at Ascot looked another Phillies handicap. Not mad on Phillies handicaps because you don't really know which which way they're going to turn up. Um, and then the last race on the card is just a handicap. Ordinary, hand, yeah, ordinary handicap. Nothing too exciting, which I'll give the old body's worth to, I think. So that's uh, that's my lot, if you like, for yeah. the racing on uh, on Saturday. Okay, well done, Colin. Thank you very much for that. So what with that and your uh, flat racing tips, let's hope it's a good weekend for everybody. That's, let's hope it is a good weekend for everybody. Yeah, we've got some chances, I think. Yeah. And uh, if I was you, mate, I'd stay away from aeroplanes. Well, I will do for the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Most definitely. Most definitely. No problems. Okay, mate. Okay. Speak to you soon. Will do. Cheers, listeners. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye. Well, that was Colin Brown, and that basically is the end of the show. So, must be enough information on there to find you some winners somewhere along the line. I certainly hope so. Please join us again next week when we shall have uh, Mr. Alan Brazil on the show. Uh, so, that'll be something interesting to listen to. And um, we'll speak to you then, same time, same station. AD Hop here saying thanks for listening and see you again soon.